Hello and welcome to the Sexual Quantum Leap podcast. Today is episode number 16. I think it's 16. I'm pretty sure it's 16. Uh, let me have a quick look. Yeah, yesterday we had Andrew talking about premature ejaculation for the second time. Today it is just I, Pierre, and uh, what I am going to talk about today, we're going to probably go into a few different topics, but I wanted to speak about something we have been touching on a lot in the podcast, but we haven't really been diving into fully. And that is the topic of having boundaries. But boundaries is something I have seen... Um, a lot of people talk about there are a lot of books about boundaries there are a lot of books that at least touch on the subject of boundaries and there are i don't even know how many people online on these different youtube channels and bloggers and all these other things that talk about having strong boundaries and here's the thing back when i started my journey into um i guess basically manhood and learning about how to be a man and learning about how to be a man among other men and learning how to be a man when I was among women. One of the biggest challenges for me was boundaries. I had very, very, very weak boundaries, but at the same time, I was also extremely volatile as a person. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm not going to go into too much of a, of, a, of a story today. But basically growing up, I was, um, I, I think to say that I was extremely traumatized would be fair. And one effect of this was that I really, really, really avoided conflict at all costs. Until someone hit a nerve that was a little extra sensitive. And when they did do that, then I would just absolutely explode in basically less than a second. And people would be a little bit like, what the fuck is happening here? Why is he so angry over so little? And um, But then at other times, people would be like, why does he take, take that? Why doesn't he speak up for himself? Right? So that, 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 that was me back when I was 15, 16, right? And I would get into a lot of a lot of trouble, really, over my volatility. But I would also invite people to poke a little bit too much fun at me because I wouldn't speak up to begin with. And then I would poke a little bit too much until eventually they hit the nerve and then I would just go absolutely crazy. Then when, yeah, so when I was about 15, I had my first uh, class on psychology in, in high school. At the time, I had been bullied for about three years, three and a half years, I think. Uh, the last year or year and a half before this point, I pretty much, I really had not had any friend whatsoever, including uh, not even anyone who would speak to me at school. So I was extremely isolated. And my biggest fucking um, pain or whatever, in terms of socializing with friends, or yeah, <laughs> the lack of friends, what was was the fact that I felt completely powerless, right? I just felt like I had been stripped of all power, and I don't know if if I think a lot of people can can sort of relate to the fear of of losing control, right, or losing power. So for me, I felt like I had no control, no power, nothing whatsoever, because I just didn't understand how social skills worked and I didn't understand how you set boundaries because I felt like if I pretended like it didn't matter people would do it even more and then when I actually ended up speaking out for myself then it would just go way over the top and the whatever relationship I had with that person would just be a hundred times worse than it was before um, and for the most part at that time of my life, they were already pretty bad relationships, like people just bullying me, teasing me, or at the, the, 
the nicest people would just fucking ignore me, <laughs> right? That those like the nice people. So, but there were one or two people every now and then who would be a little bit nice to me, and then you know they would jump on the bandwagon, start teasing me a little bit too much, and I would just fucking lose it, right? And so what I learned was that if I don't do anything, I'll be teased and bullied, or at the very very best ignored. And once I do speak up, it will just amplify everything and will make it a hundred times worse. So I had no idea about any of that stuff. And then all these other social interaction things, I just didn't understand anything. So I had my first psychology lesson and I read this and we had this book and it was about group psychology and social psychology. And yeah, it was just very, very fascinating. The second I read it, I was like, holy shit. This is a way where I can actually get the control back. Because it was like, it's scientifically laid out how social skills work, right? Like, why is this person leading? Why is that person following? Why are people laughing? Why do people like some characteristics and don't like other characteristics? What makes someone, you know, like being teased or bullied? And what makes someone popular? And it was just all laid out. And... That was just fucking amazing. So I felt like this was the way for me to get the control back. So I read that. I fucking crushed that fucking class, even though I had, you know, shit grades otherwise. This actually really piqued my interest. And then I went to the school library and I just got every fucking book I could find on psychology. And uh, uh, yeah, about a year or a year and a half later, I found about the fucking pickup community and spent 10 years going out trying to understand how, you know, female female behavior, female psychology, female sexuality, and then I got more and more interested in human human behavior as a whole and influence and sales and persuasion and all these other things, right? And during my my journey, I had a lot of milestones because I came from such a low place where I just, like I said, completely stripped of all fucking control and power in terms of socializing. And what I learned first, the first, I don't know what to call it, the, the first milestone in me taking back the power, right, is when I first learned that I could walk up to a person I didn't know and I could start a conversation. That was me getting a little bit of control back because I felt completely powerless and completely out of control. So I'm like, oh, when I see a person I want to speak to, I can actually go talk to them, right? Took me about a year and a half of going out and trying to speak to people for about 10 hours a day. <laughs> and until I eventually was like, okay, I can actually go and talk to this person without shitting my pants. That was a win. That was a huge win for me. I know for some people listening, they're like, what in the fuck is wrong with you, dude? What was wrong with me was that I had post-traumatic stress disorder, <laughs> including other things. So I was actually properly fucked up. So that was a big win. I learned how to walk up and talk to other people, right? Then it took me a while longer to go from walking up and saying hello to actually being able to hold a sort of a conversation that would flow somewhat naturally, where I would be like, hey, how's your day going? And hold a little bit of a conversation and be like, so what do you do for work? Oh, cool. Yeah, this is what I do. And relate a little bit back and forward and maybe do a couple of quick little jokes Maybe start telling a little bit of a story and doing other things to actually make people laugh, make them interested, and all these other things. <laughs> and Andrew is showing me an incredible picture of us in a pool. So that's awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was my second way. I learned how to make people feel good emotions. First, I learned how to... to, to grow some balls and say hi to people. Then I learned how to actually make people feel good emotions. And this was a really, really big one. Because um, so this time I, I started working in sales a little bit and I learned how to make clients feel good emotions. And I, 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 you know, I would connect and talk to my coworkers and colleagues and make them feel good emotions as well. Then after this, I learned how to actually play around with a little bit of negative emotions how to tease people a little bit, how to make them a little bit about unsure or uncertain about what is happening. And um, that was re a really, really big sort of defining moment. Once I learned how to, how to spike a little bit of negative emotion in a way that's still not like full on 
insulting. So for you normal people out there, this is just like how regular people joke. They tease each other a little bit. But for me, I had to really learn the science and the mechanics behind it because I was so low in social intelligence. I had to really figure out, okay, here's how you do it. And here's how you make sure you don't go over the top. Here's, you know, all these different things. Then after this, I started eventually learning when it comes to speaking to women, how to actually be a little bit sexual, like how to speak in a sexual way, how to talk about sexual topics without, you know, getting completely fucking red in my face like a fucking tomato and being as white and pale as I am. That was so obvious the second I would get actually nervous. So that was a big one. So that was probably like the third or so uh, big milestone. And then I kept progressing. I started learning how to make proper friends and hang out with people, get invited to house parties. I started meeting girls. I started actually sleeping with girls and started dating girls. Um, and I got obviously very, very interested in sexuality, how to give, give, give women multiple oral orgasms, how to make them come through penetration, how to be very dominant in the bedroom. In the beginning, it was a little bit more on the domineering side, but I quickly got, got a hold of that. That was actually something that came very naturally for me, how to be very dominant sexually, which is very interesting. And I have some theories about why that was, but we'll go into that on a different podcast. Um, and then, yes, I learned how to keep women around, how to, you know, like be really attractive, how to make friends, start learning more about sales. And I built a bit of a social circle. I started building a bit of a network. And I started feeling really confident, right? So when people met me, I would really strike them as, this is a confident fucking dude, right? I could make make people feel good emotions, negative emotions, all sorts of emotions. And I could hold people's attention. I could do all sorts of different things. So socially, when people first met me, it just came across as, uh, as you know, a bit of a boss, really. But here's the thing, that was only as long as I wasn't really tested on it, right? So if someone would start to actually tease me a little bit too much, or they would insult me a little bit, or they would do something, I would have no idea how to set that boundary. And I would quickly fucking crumble. And even more so, when I was dating a girl, they would be very attracted to me. They would be absolutely swept off their feet because I could do all this flashy shit. You know, I trained myself to become charismatic and come, come off as confident, even though I really wasn't. And come off as confident and they would like me. And then, you know, I'd worked on the fucking sexuality stuff. So I would, you know, put on a bit of a show in the bedroom. And that was really fucking cool. But then whenever I would get start getting like properly tested by her, she would like give me real shit or she would do something that would really cross my boundary. I would actually have a really hard time setting those boundaries. And it got, and, and especially with my close friends as well, like if, if they would do something that would annoy me or it would frustrate me, I would be like, oh, am I going to come off as petty if I bring this up? Or, or with a girl, it's like, am I going to come off as too sensitive? Or is this going to look like I'm, I'm a beta male? Yeah, I was really worried about that back in the day. Or is this going to make me feel like, is it, am I going to look clingy or needy or desperate or, or uh, upset or butthurt? And all these other things just kept going through my head. And I would just rationalize and I would say, hey, you know what? You got to pick your battles. So I'm just going to let this one slide. And I would do that a lot, all the time. And in every single relationship, friendship, with a colleague, with a girl I was dating, as soon as I had done this a few, a t- a few times too many, that would build momentum. And now suddenly I wouldn't be able to set any boundaries at all. And now I was back at ground zero and I felt like I had no control over where this relationship was going other person had complete control, they had all the power, and I had been, I had put myself into a position where it's the dynamic of the relationship is one that I don't enjoy, but now I become too, too attached to it, I don't know how to assert myself, and I don't really have the willingness to walk away from it either, 
and now everything is just fucked and I'm just building up the resentment slowly to the other person but more than that I'm building up resentment to myself what's happening is that I am lowering my sense of self-worth I am feeling less worthy as a man I am feeling I'm really feeling like I'm being a fucking beta male even though originally I'm like Oh, but I don't want to come across like as a beta man, like I'm butthurt or sensitive and, and overreacting and blah, blah, blah. And that's why I didn't do anything. And then that built up and it built up and it built up and it built up and it built up. And then I'm in a position with all this shit pent up. And now I really am oversensitive and overreacting. And I'm like snapping at small little things and I'm coming across as petty and butthurt. I created the very thing I was trying to avoid. And the reason for this is that a person who, who, only a person who's a beta male is worried about being a beta male. Only a person who is needy is worried about looking needy. Only a person who is petty is worried about looking petty. And so the more I worried about these things, the more I became it. What you resist will persist. And that's what kept happening. I made it stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And eventually I was in a position where I became petty or reactive, butthurt and all these other things. And I was like, what in the fuck is this? I actually didn't used to care about this thing, but now I care about every single thing this person does around me. Why? Because I wasn't sure if they respected me. Because I let every single thing slide. And now they started doing things that were actually disrespecting to me. And now I didn't know if they respect me or not. And to be honest, they probably didn't respect me anymore. Because I had shown zero fucking power. Zero masculinity. I came in, no, get it, came into a relationship with a friendship, you know, colleague, romantic relationship, whatever, came into it. Being all fucking powerful, being funny, teasing them, making fun of things, joking around, all these other things, and having a lot of positive and negative emotions that I created, and showing a lot of zest, right? And they're like, oh, this person is fucking super confident. And then they did one little thing, and I let that one slide. Ah, oh, you gotta pick your battles. Then another thing, ah, oh, you gotta pick your battles. Then another thing, I oh, gotta pick, your, pick your, my battles. And eventually, they're like, oh, I can do whatever the fuck I want to this guy because he will only like he will he will let everything slide. He's only cool or fucking confident or charismatic when there's no fucking resistance. Right? This is basically like being a king among among peasants. That's what I was. Because the second I got tested, second there was an alpha female or an alpha male around me. I would just crumble. And even among other, like, I, I'm not really a fan of using the terms. I'm using it just for the sake of communication so people understand what I'm saying. So when I would be around other dominant people or alpha people or whatever, but even around people who were not dominant or, or quote unquote alpha, I would instantly just crumble when they would, when they would, if they would cross my boundaries, I would let it slide. And if they would set boundaries against me, they would be like, bro, that's not cool. You gotta stop doing that. I will get super nervous and I'll be like, oh my god, and I'll get all in my head and I'll get, get like embarrassed and I would just be like, oh, fuck, this is fucked up and it would just keep playing on my mind. And I tried so fucking hard. And if you're, if you're listening to this and this podcast is interesting to you, it's probably because either you have went through something similar in which you can really relate with, with, with the story, or maybe you are going through something similar. And then you would know it's just this, this sense of like, it's almost like you're feeling like, either like you just really don't want to get it wrong when you set the boundary, or maybe you're worried about like that, like maybe it's gonna be some sort of unexpected change in the, in, in the, in, in the, in the, in the dynamic, if I set, set the boundary and you just, you want that stability and, and the, you know, but you can't trust what's, what's going to happen if you set the boundary. Or maybe you're just really worried about 
being a bit of a social outcast if you set the boundary and you're just going to come across as too much and people aren't going to like you anymore. Or maybe you don't know what's going to happen next and it's no certainty. Or maybe you feel like, yeah, it's just something you're just going to lose control. I had all of those things at the same time. So for me, I just, I tried so hard. So I read fucking No More Mr. Nice Guy. I read um, The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. I read um, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. I read Way of the Superior Man. I read so many fucking books on this and I sat down and I'll try, I mapped out, here's how I'm gonna do it. And I started role playing it at home and I just started trying and trying and trying and trying so fucking hard. But still, every single time the situation would arise, I would just, I would not have the balls to fucking do it. And here's the thing what happens when you do that is that every time you're, when you're in a relationship, and something comes up, there's a bit of an annoyance, a frustration, irritation, or even causing anger. That's usually a little bit later or in more extreme cases, but in the beginning, it's like a little bit of annoyance or something, right? What happens is that you, you, you're getting a jolt of negative, you're getting a stress response, right? And what happens is if you don't deal with it right away, so you basically flush out your system of that stress, it's going to sit there and it's going to build and it's going to go from stress to resentment. And the resentment will sit there and it will be there permanently until you get rid of it. And you really need to cleanse that out of your system. Because if you don't, this resentment is going to grow and grow and grow. And this resentment will eventually, it's like a fucking cancer. You got to dig that shit out. Because if you don't dig out the cancer, it's going to take over and you're going to be fucking dead. Just like your relationship is heading to fucking death. If you value your relationship, you owe it to the other person to cleanse out your own fucking bullshit and letting them know if there's annoyance or irritation or frustration. Because if you don't, you're going to ruin a relationship that originally both of you like. Like, there are two, there take, it takes two to tango, right? So you're putting in time and effort into a relationship. The other person is putting in time and effort into a relationship. But then you're sitting there and you're not voicing your fucking issues. You're not, quote unquote, speaking your truth like a fucking dickhead. And it's going to grow and build resentment. And you're going to turn the whole relationship into fucking cancer. And you're going to ruin it for the other person. I don't give a fuck if you're selfish or not. I don't care if you think you're being a fucking good person over this. It's fucking irrelevant. The other person is putting in time and effort into the relationship. And you are ruining it for them by not speaking up. Does that make sense? And it's when I realized this. That I am being a fucking cunt and ruining and wasting precious time for another person that they can't get back unless I voice this. So what's when I realized this, that I started actually setting boundaries because I made it about not myself anymore. And then what I realized, the more I did this, is that I started really feeling this energy inside of myself. Just a tiny little bit of annoyance, a little bit of frustration. And I started feeling how it almost clogged, clogged something up in my energy in the way that I was communicating with whoever was in the relationship. And it wasn't until I got rid of that little piece of stress or if it had built into resentment and it was going to be a lot more painful then, but whatever it was, it needed to get out of my system before we could get back to having real effective communication again. Because communication works like this. Communication works. Imagine there are two antennas, right? And you're sending signals back and forth, right? So it's like a TV. You're sitting there and you're trying to watch something on a TV, right? So there's an antenna somewhere sending a signal to the TV. 
And that's especially like the old school TVs. That's what I'm talking about right now. Excuse me. So some is sending a signal to the TV, right? But, or we can make it a little bit more modern. It's fucking internet. You're trying to watch fucking, I don't know, Joe, the Joe Rogan podcast. I, I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. So you're trying to listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, right? On your fucking internet, on a live stream, right? When he's streaming it live on YouTube. So you see it there, it's all good. And you're doing whatever you're doing while you're doing it. I usually drink some coffee to it, right? And, but then the weather gets really shit. And if you're from Australia, you'll know what I mean. That when the weather gets shit, you're not going to have anything from the internet at all. There are other countries that have decent internet. But if you're in Australia, you know what I mean, right? So it starts getting windy and a little bit rainy. And if you're in Melbourne, that's half the fucking year, right? Now what's happening is you get disruptions in the signals, right? That's literally what it says. The signals are disrupted. And when the signals are disrupted, your fucking, your, your, your internet connection can't receive the fucking signals and your connection will be broken. It's a connection, right? And now your computer is not going to give you the fucking, the video and the audio. This is the same thing when you're communicating to other people. When you speak, you are sending signals to the other person, right? So when you send a signal to the other person through your facial expressions, through your words, your tonality, your pitch, your hand gestures, your posture, your eye contact, and every single other thing about your fucking communication, even the clothes that you wear, everything. That person will receive the signal through their eyes, their ears, even the cologne you're wearing or perfume is a signal. So they will receive it olfactory, auditory, visually, you know, every single sense that they can to interpret this and the more the more they use all of their senses the more they will interpret the signal they will receive it that's step one now now first you send the signal then they receive it then they will interpret it but here's the thing if you your energy is still clogged up and you don't need to use energy if you think that sounds a bit hippie but that's the way that i'm thinking about it at the moment so let's say your energy is a bit clogged up because there's either a stress or because you, you got a jolt of a stress response because you're frustrated or irritated, right? But if you let that go and it grows and it's resentment, then it's even worse and it's going to be really clogged up. Now, when you're trying to send these signals over, the, it's going to be a, a disturbance in... It's going to be a disturbance in the force, Luke. It's going to be a, a disturbance in the actual signals, Right? So the connection is gonna is gonna it's gonna be an interference in the connection. So when you're sending these, the receiver will not receive the full signal. So when they interpret it, because of the disturbance, there's a lack of connection, and you're not truly connecting on a human-to-human -human level anymore. Because there's something else in the air, you know? There's a reason why. So all words are, words are just metaphors and symbols, right? They're pointing to an idea. There's a reason why we say, I need to clear the air about something, right? It's, there's something off in his vibe. There's something about, you know, like these things. It's because there, there's something in your communication. Your communication is not clear, right? It's not crystal clear. I am not receiving you. I am not hearing you, right? What do these, these metaphors mean? They mean that there is something in your energy right now that is a little bit disturbed and it's fucking up your communication. Oh, sorry. I did not mean to start that. Anyway, so there's a disturbance there. And because of this disturbance, they can't receive it. And now, now that they're not receiving the whole thing, that when they are interpreting it, they will misinterpret it. But they won't know that they misinterpreted it. They will interpret it. They will interpret it as if they're interpreting. Sorry for that fucking my English. Sorry, but they will interpret it the wrong way. But they will think it's the right way. So then they will send you a signal with conviction that they did interpret it the right way, and they will go back to you. And maybe it will be a disturbance in their signal because maybe you annoy them now. You will receive their signal back. That's going to be have disturbances. There's going to be a lack of connection. Now suddenly you're not going to be connected at all. And now you're all fucked up and you're all communicating about things that are just mismatching. And it's just 
fucked up and you and your relationship is gonna, gonna go down the fucking drain you're gonna walk away being like oh, fuck that dude he's just fucking always draining me of energy she's always draining me of energy i don't know we just can't we don't can't see eye to eye it's like he doesn't hear me like she doesn't understand me blah 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 blah, blah all these things and this all of this <coughs> excuse me came from you just not clearing out the air properly at first, right? You just ignored it. But, and this is what I've been noticing lately, more and more, the more I think about it, right? But once you start, act, so you know, it's gonna take you a long time to actually start feeling this on, a, on an energy level. And it's just, I know it sounds fucking hippie, so you don't need to focus on that. I'm just saying where I'm at, I'm starting to actually feel the, the energies of it or the vibe, fucking whatever you want. But in the beginning, it, like wherever you are, in it, when you're not voicing your issue, you're not speaking your truth. You're you're letting things slide. You're worried about being petty. You know you gotta go and pick your battles, which is dumbest shit I've ever heard, right? Then something is gonna fuck fuck up your communication, and your, your relationship is gonna go down the drain. However, when I do speak out, and the sooner the better, instantly this fucking weird energy or the, the clogged up communication, it just goes away instantly, right? So you just, um, hey, honey, hey, sweetie, um, there, there's something I wanted to have a, have a chat to you about. They're like, yeah, what? It's like, um, can I be completely honest with you? You, ask, you get permission first. You don't running around like a domineering fucking ass. It's like, hey, can I be completely honest with you? There's something I, I need to clear there about. They're like, yeah, sure. What is it, right? And you're like, yeah, so this and this and this bothered me, blah, 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 right? And then and this right way and the wrong way to do this is a lot of intricacies, but just, let's just keep it like this for now. And then you talk about this. And then after you've been talking about this, you will feel a lot better. And here's what's going to happen. Number one, you're going to have a stronger bond. Number two, you're going to have a higher sense of self-respect. Number three, you're going to have a better understanding of each other. Number four, you're going to have more respect for each other. You're going to have more trust for each other. And you're going to have a deeper feeling of being a team, right? And being on the same page. Just from you voicing your op opinion. So you have two choices. Every time something annoys you, you can let it slide and watch the relationship deteriorate. Or you can bring it up and, and clear the air and watch your relationship grow a lot stronger. There is no in-between, right? It's like using a fucking amplifier when you're playing a guitar. If you're playing like shit, then more people are going to be annoyed by you. But if you're playing amazingly, then you're going to have more fans. There is, there, there, it's just, there's no hiding from this, right? And then once I, so to circle back a little bit. So finally I started realizing, I'm just being content, I'm ruining relationships that other people have put in effort into by not bringing it up. So I started bringing it up and I started seeing this pattern. It's like every time I bring it up, it's gonna clear the air, we're gonna have a deeper bond, I'm gonna have a higher sense of self-respect, better understanding of each other, because we're really gonna to get to know each other, like here are my, my boundaries and this is the reasons why I have them. And the other person is gonna be like, oh, sorry, no, what I meant was actually this, you misunderstood me, like, oh shit. Usually it's just a misunderstanding, right? And when it's not, they're gonna apologize. But it's like, oh, so I understand you better, I understand your communication, you understand my communication, I understand your boundaries, you understand my boundaries. You're going to actually understand each other properly. You're gonna have a much deeper connection and bond. They're gonna respect you a lot more for actually speaking up. And you're, if, if they deal with it in, in, in a mature way as well, you're gonna respect them a lot more for being able to take on the fucking feedback. And you're both going to trust each other a lot more, right? So, you have two ways to go. Either do that or you let things grow into fucking cancer and ruin your whole fucking relationship. And that sounds like a lot of fun. Right? So, those are basically the, that's like, if, if you're someone who's having a little bit of an issue with setting boundaries, I would really recommend understand that you're being a fucking cunt if you're not bringing it up. There is, Nothing selfish at all about clearing the air. You're being selfish if you're not bringing it up. Because the only reason you're not bringing it up is because you're a little bit nervous. You're afraid of losing control. You're afraid of a sudden change in the thing. You're, you're afraid of looking like you're becoming a social outcast. You're, 
you're afraid of all these things, right? You're afraid of getting it wrong, the change, being a social outcast, loss of control. You're selfish. You're a cunt. You're going to risk a relationship that someone else has put in time and effort into because of because your stupid, irrational fears. Oh, they're not always irrational. They can be logical as well. But they're fears, right? Of course not. So start setting the fucking boundary. And then when you do start setting the boundary, you will see how much better your relationships get. How fucking quickly too. But then there are three rules. I actually have 18 principles on how to set boundaries or really on effective communication, masculine communication, whatever. But there are three rules to this. Number one, speak your truth always. Always, right? Number two, if you don't, you'll kill the relationship, no matter how strong you think it is. Right? So you always set the boundary because if you don't, you're going to ruin the relationship. And if you do set the boundary, you're going to have a deeper bond. Right? Number three, don't be a cunt about it. So it's really one rule about how to actually set it. Don't be a cunt. Right? On the retreat, Andrew actually goes through this insane uh, conflict resolution graph and exactly how the relationship either gets a lot stronger or a lot worse. Because sometimes people really don't own up to it. And then there's like a solution to that, but we don't really have time to get into that because that's literally like a fucking three, four hour segment. But just set the boundary because if you don't set the boundary, you're being a cunt, right? And then when you do set the boundary, don't be a cunt in the way that you do it. That's it. You're going to deepen the connections in all of your friendships. You're going to regain your wife's or your girlfriend's respect and her admiration. You're going to become a natural leader in your team at work. You're going to get the reputation of someone who says what they mean and mean what they say. And trust me, like this alone really did make my fucking network explode. People, people started fucking referring their friends to me as someone who will give you advice that you need and not necessarily advice that you want, which scared a lot of people off. But like the right people will be attracted into my life. People, people started trusting me business. Women knew that when I gave them a compliment, they do not need to worry about the authenticity behind that statement. And then, you know, you have heaps of other fucking benefits on top of this, right? And, and, and then, if you have fucking kids, this is how you install both fucking trust and respect in your relationship with them. If, if you do it right. Not like a domineering cunt fucking asshole. Again, don't be a cunt. You'll have respect from your clients. You'll have respect from your staff. You'll have respect for yourself. And finally, you will actually stop giving a fuck about what other people think of you. So you will be free socially. You will feel like you're in control socially. You're in power socially. You don't need to worry about getting it wrong. You don't need to worry about being a social outcast. You don't need to worry about any of that stuff, especially of like unexpected change in these things. Because you have the power now, you're in control and it's a stability there, which you will see once you do this, right? So I want to go through a couple of ground rules on actually how to do this um, because we, uh, you know, I want to give you a little bit of a how to. We don't have time to go through all of it. Like I said, I have 18 principles. Um, there are about five or six of these principles that take me about two or three hours to explain, like by each of those. So it's about 10 to 15 hours to explain the basics of this. And then all these other principles take a while as well. But I want to go through a couple so you have something to walk away with from this. So if you're someone who's having a bit of an issue with setting boundaries, um, here are some easy ground rules on how to set a boundary without being a cunt. Right? So now, now number one is this. Forgive and forget. And this is very, very important. This is actually principle number seven. Um, and this is something that actually Andrew really, really showed, uh, showed me. Because I didn't used to be, to be um, that good at this. And this is something Andrew has really installed in me. Is that you, you set this boundary with someone. You, 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 you confront them on the conflict or fucking whatever it is, right? If the person is actually big enough of a person to be like, dude, holy shit, you're right. I'm really sorry about that. What you do is you 
instantly move past the issue and you never ever bring it up again this is something that actually took me a, a lot of thinking to do i had a lot of maturity a lot of growing to do and, and really 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 hammered this one home for me really well um they apologized and you're like hey thank you so much for apologizing you thank them i really appreciate it just so you know this is for thank you so much because this has really been on my mind um yeah do you mind if i give you a perspective on how to move forward from here they're like yeah sure okay so moving forward i would like to not do this if something's bothering you in that way could you express this this way you just explain how to move forward they're like that sounds good you're like awesome everything is all good apology accepted let's move forward they're like perfect right you fucking give each other a hug um if it's a romantic partner you usually have makeup sex and it's gonna be fucking fantastic it's the best sex in your life um especially for something that had built up a little bit of resentment and we actually have a guy from our last retreat who really knows the kind of sex you get after this i'm not going to tell you um what we made him do or in what way we made we made him do it but he had an issue that had been pressing for th two or three months that had built so much resentment he was about to let an amazing woman go this was a woman that he was like dude I'll, i can't settle down with this chick like really this is wife material and he was willing to let her go or some sort of a resentment that he had built up and he had never spoken about and we showed him how to speak about it long story short he just got home after retreat and he just had the time of his life apparently we just got a long text message from him so it, it re really works you know both parties got to you know connect emotionally and physically and mentally this is just you know it's just, this is just the way that you really connect deeply really really deeply um so that's awesome so, so that's one thing you forgive and forget let's say you get you you confront the person and they are upfront and they're cool with it and you know then you just instantly like okay here's how i would like to move forward are you okay with this they agree to that and then you thank them for being such an amazing person and you make up if it's your bro you know fucking you know a little bit of hug doesn't hurt if it's in a business arrangement you probably shake hands or sign a fucking paper or whatever right um then uh i think principle number eight will be very applicable for people this is this is also something I have picked up from after learn, after meeting Andrew. It's not from Andrew himself, but Andrew put me on to a guy called Dr. John Demartini, which you hear Andrew talk about all the time. So he has something he, he's calling a fair exchange. We're talking about everything in business. You should always strive towards being fair. And this is something I've started applying into all sort of social interactions. So when it comes to setting boundaries, here is one of the most, all these principles are equally important. So I'm not going to say most important, but one of the 18 principles, it's firm, but always fair. So this means you got to be firm. You're direct, very, very direct. You do not beat around the bush. You stay very logical about this. You explain this and this and this, even if you're emotionally upset, you explain it in a logical way. This, this, this made me feel like this, this, this. And I don't like it for this, this, this reason. And here and here and here is how I would like you to act instead. What do you think about this? Right. And then let's say you start getting into like a little bit of a discussion back and forth. What you have to remember at all times is be fair. Do not be petty. Do not be passive aggressive. Don't do anything about that. Anything like that. Always be fair. And then if, if they're like, hey, I'm actually, yeah, you're right. I, I apologize. Can I make it up to you like this? Right? You're like, that sounds fair. Right? But only go for what's fair. If they are starting to feel really bad, like almost more bad about it than they should, they, then, hey, you got to be fair. Hey, man, it's not that big of a deal. I really, uh, really, really appreciate the apology, but it's not that big of a deal. I just wanted to raise it. Right? So if they fuck up a little bit, you set the boundary, but you don't have to be that harsh. You got to be fair. It's got to match the level of overstep that they created, right? So you got to be very fair. You're firm. You're firm as fuck, but you're also fair. Firm, but always fair. 
very important to remember the fair part. A lot of people when they start, and this is especially if you don't raise the issue to begin with and you let it build up and build up and build up and then there's resentment. It's so hard to be fair when you're feeling resentment. So that's why it's important to be on the ball. It's like, like in, um, uh, I was going to make a military analogy, but I'm not going to go down that route today. Um, but basically, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not going to make the military um, correlation for this because I don't want you to see um, setting boundaries as, as, like, as a battleground. So I'm, I'm going to skip that. But, you know, be fair, you know, firm but fair. Um, very, very important. And then, and here's one that I think is also pretty simple. So what I want to give you today are like the things that are very simple, that doesn't need that much explanation. So next one I think what we'll bring up is principle number 13. Stay on the line, right? Stay on the straight line. This is, so I've been studying a lot of Jordan Belfort's sales stuff and his sales methodology is called straight line persuasion. And I don't use any persuasion skills when I'm setting boundaries, because I think that's unethical and that's just domineering and it's trying to be controlling when in actually you just want to be in control. And this is what I'm teaching you. You're being in control like this, right? Um, but he, he's got this thing, it's like stay, stay on the straight line. So I just got the idea from it. But basically it means stay on topic, right? Don't allow other conversations to erupt. Don't, so sometimes when you're speaking to someone and if they are not really mature enough to actually talk about something they've messed up a little bit and they understand that they did mess up, then they're gonna bring up things that you have done wrong from the past or they're gonna, they're gonna blame you for things, they're gonna point fingers, they're gonna start justifying with other shit, they're gonna uh, avoid the conversation, they're gonna be like, hey, I just don't wanna argue or hey, but remember when you did this, or, it's just like when you did that. It's whatever someone says, you have to be very cognizant of actually like when are they avoiding the topic, right? And you don't want to be rude about this, but here's, here's what I do. I do, hey, listen, I know I have done things in the past that have not been great. And if you would like to discuss those, I am very, very happy to talk about this, right? But right now I have a, an issue that is very pressing to me. I really need to resolve this. And as soon as we resolve this, I'm happy to resolve any sort of problems that you may have, right? And I mean this, like I told about the resentment that builds up. I don't want the other person to have the resentment building up either, right? So if you have something, an issue with something I have done in the past, I really want to talk about that. But right now, this is the conversation we're having. But hey, if you feel like this other thing is super important, you know what I am willing to do? We can park this conversation here and discuss the other thing you, you just brought up. But I need you to promise me, as soon as we, we have resolved that and decided how to move on, I need to come back to this. Is that okay? Then you will usually be like, no, but let's keep talking about this then, right? But, but that, that, that's not the point. The point is I, I wanted to resolve both things, right? But for now, I would prefer to stay on this topic because we have already started it and I did bring it up. But then whatever else you have on your mind, let's discuss that as well, right? And this is especially important for men dealing with women in relationships. Because women, in my experience, have a bit of a tendency, when you bring something up and you confront them about something, they start talking about, they, 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 they unconsciously almost avoid the topic because they don't communicate as straight, they don't communicate in a straight line as, as men do in the same way. They will bring up other things that you have done wrong. They will start justifying, they will start blaming you for the behavior. Um, they will, so all of this you need, you need, you need to, be, to, to be aware of. That is she justifying? You gotta cut that thread. Is she blaming you? You gotta cut that thread. Is she just avoiding and segueing into a different conversation? Cut that thread. Is she bringing up something you have done in the past? Cut that thread. But also be like, hey, if there's something else to, to, to discuss, we can go to that later. But right now I need to talk about this, the thing that you did that made me feel like this. I need this resolved, right? I want an apology and I want you to explain to me how you want to move forward, right? Then we have the begrudging fucking apology. 
and that is not okay if people end up saying oh, oh fine then or like i'm sorry then like all right you're right i'm sorry let's move forward if it's not a real apology it's not fucking real right you need a real conversation and you stay on the straight line until it's resolved and that this actually ties in perfectly with actually the point previously to this uh, principle number 12 never agree to disagree don't stop until it's 100% resolved because otherwise you will still keep building up the resentment you need to realize you're doing this so that you don't need to throw away the relationship you have both invested into this right if you're not if you don't feel like you are willing to work it all out just leave the whole conversation and don't speak to each other again because you will fuck it up but if you really value this you need to stay on topic until it's resolved sometimes it can be a little bit too hectic and you can go hey you know what let's take a little bit of a break for 30 minutes and come back to this and then you you're fucking friends for 30 minutes and you come back to it sometimes that's needed with a little bit of time out i get that but for the most part don't break the conversation until it's resolved and especially don't wait until another day you can have a little bit of a short break to eat maybe to fuck it can be great to fuck in the middle of this it can be amazing but you know don't break it off you want to stay on topic until it's fucking resolved right so that's principle number 12 and number 13 as well um so let's see what we should that's like a quick one um stories metaphors and analogies that will not be it uh big five profiling no um what should we go into pro no plug for validation Let, let's do let's do this let's do this uh, leading with questions. This is actually a really big topic that it would take several hours to discuss, but I'll just explain the basics of it. So when, when you're in a conversation like this, if you're the one who's bringing things up or just really in general, but when you're bringing something up, you want to make, make sure that you don't speak more than 10% of the time. And no, this is not a manipulative tactic. This just means you need to first understand the other person. Oftentimes, it's a miscommunication or a, or a misinterpretation. So first of all, you need to come in with the, with the assumption that, hey, it was probably no bad intentions. There was no maliciousness. They probably just didn't understand what they were doing. So let's just find out why they did what they did, how they were thinking, and they're probably gonna realize they did something bad and they're just gonna apologize and we're all gonna move on. That's gonna be your attitude at all times, right? And then if it turns out that, yeah, I mean, that, that's like almost always they will be like that. But sometimes they will just, it will just simply be like, no, I don't think, I don't think I did, that was anything wrong. Maybe they will double down on it, right? Then keep with questions, just understand where they're coming from. You gotta understand that people rarely do something with the intent of being malicious. Maybe it's just a personality difference. Maybe you feel like, hey, that was really insensitive, and they go, um, well, I just don't feel like beating around the bush. This was what I wanted to have said, so I was just very direct in my communication. You know, it can be like it could be a personality clash, and then you really need to, okay, so when you're speaking like this, is that because you don't respect me? Or because you don't that and that you literally like feel like it's okay to hurt me or how, what is going through your mind how are you thinking here and really learn exactly how they are processing the whole situation usually what you will find is that you're just different people and then you will go okay well and, and ask like okay so now i'm telling you that this actually really did hurt me um how how do you feel about that if they're like i don't give a fuck at all then probably they're not someone to keep in your life right I usually will be like, yeah, you're, you see, it's like, I just wanted to be direct to my communication. I didn't mean to actually hurt you. I'm sorry about that. They're like, hey, I, I appreciate that apology. Um, how could we move forward from this? Again, it's all questions. You just ask, you fully understand them, and then you get their perspective on, on how to move, for, move forward after this, right? It's, it's, you know, really, like, good sales. I've been studying sales for, 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 for many years. Good sales is really done in the questions. A lot of people think that salespeople are like all loud and super charismatic and all these other things. And even, you know, when I'm 
meeting women because I, you know, I do the whole fucking pickup coaching and I was going super heavy on that for 12 years. It's like, for me, it's more done in questions. It's like really getting to know the other person, like really getting to know the other person deeply. And I sort of usually like profile people. I have a couple of models for profiling, but whatever. So I, and this is actually part of the later principles of this thing, but, but anyway. So I would really understand a person. I would really be like, how would you like to move forward? How would you like, what would you like to change? What would you be happy with? What arrangement would you like to have? How would you like for us to communicate? And I get completely like, everything that they want. There's actually another um, principle, principle number 15 is set expectations. We don't have time to go into that, but this ties in with it. Like really get like, what arrangement would you like? Like imagine it's a business arrangement, right? With a client and you're like, here, like, how would you like for us to communicate moving forward? What behavior would you like between us, right? And have them lay everything out in meticulous detail. And then you take take a second to think about it and go, here's what I agree with, here's what I don't agree with. Let's discuss what I don't agree with. You're like, what are you thinking here? How, how can we change that? And you go back and forth and you literally negotiate until you have a way of behaving together, right? So, so this is an example of, a little bit more of an adversarial way of, of setting boundaries. If the other person is doubling down on the fact that they didn't do anything wrong. And then, you know, if you have like all the 18 principles fully, like fully, you know, perfected is not the word because I don't have it myself perfected. It's, it's no such, such thing as perfect mastery. But, you know, the more you're working on it. But still, the ones that I describe right now, if you just have those, which I'm sure you, you can tell, if you just follow these simple principles I told you, once you set a relation, once you, once it's like, I like it when friends, colleagues, clients, or women cross a boundary because I'm like, hey, my relationship with this person is not going to go to the next level. I'm going to be like, okay, first of all, they probably didn't do anything wrong at all. It's just a miscommunication. So I'm going to understand how to communicate with them better. And I'm going to increase my level of social intelligence by understanding their communication better. Awesome. And then, so, so that's better. And they get respect from me for speaking up. And they know that when I have something on my mind, I'm going to tell them so they can trust my word now. And I'm going to have more respect for them for opening up to it. Or they're going to double down on it. I'm like, hey, awesome. Now I'm going to get to really get to know this person. Lots of questions. Leading with questions. Setting expectations. I'm going to stay on the line. They're going to get a lot of respect for me. And I'm going to have respect for them for actually being able to stay on the line. I'm going to stay there until things are resolved. And the, the more we have to work on getting it resolved, the deeper the connection. It's going to be a really intense fucking experience. And if it's with a woman, the makeup says it's going to be off the charts. So, yeah, that is a little bit of a quick breakdown on how to set boundaries without being a cunt. So we are coming up to an hour here. And as you can tell, I can go on for a few more hours, but we're not going to do that today because I need to sleep too. So I'm sitting here and drinking a cup of black coffee at 9.30 p.m., which is probably not the best, but hey, it is what it is. Sometimes you got to hustle. Hustle and grind like Gary Vaynerchuk. Anyway, um, there was this was a really fun conversation I feel like I had today. I hope you listening had the same experience. Um, as you know, I am really big on the masculinity principles. So whatever you want me to talk more about, just l l let us know. The, the same with Andrew, whatever you want him to talk about, whatever you want us to talk about combined, let us know. The way we're going to do the podcast moving forward is we're going to go a little bit alternate days, me and Andrew during the week. And then on the weekends, we're going to do the tag team effect. We're going to give you a DP experience, right? Because you want to have it all and we know that. So you're going to get solo time with Andrew. You're going to get solo time with Pierre. And then you're going to get the tag team experience as well, right? You're going to get the full SQL treatment on the weekends. So if you have questions where you would like to hear me and Andrew bounce ideas back and forth and go into a discourse, hit us up, let us know. You know how to find us on Facebook. My name is Pierre de Sosa, and with Andrew Miok on Facebook. You have links in the description of the podcast and all that shit, so I'm not going to go into that. And then if you have things where you would like me to go into detail when I'm on my own, you let me know about that. And when you have things for Andrew specifically, you let him know about that as well. Um, if you would like to support this movement, <clears throat> excuse me, 
What do you do? Number one, the most important part is you embody what we speak about, right? You become a better fucking man. You learn how to embody authentic, masculine, powerful fucking leadership. Make the women in your life better. You fucking heal them. You make your brothers better. You heal your brothers. You heal yourself, right? This is about, you know, like this movement. This is a brotherhood, right? We're helping you embody manhood and we're creating a brotherhood, a real fucking community and a tribe so that you can have the best possible results in your life, right? That's the reason. So you know how to get it right, right? And so you don't have to worry about sudden unexpected change, but you have some reliability. This is the most reliable, most powerful, most in control, most 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 tribe building fucking behavior you can possibly have. And as a result, you will heal yourself. Because you're gonna have self-respect, self-worth, all this stuff. You will heal your brothers and you will heal your women too, right? You're gonna be a leader. You're gonna be this is about tapping into that inner fucking warrior. That fucking the healing energy, right? That's the point of all of this. So really embody this. And then if you want to take it one step further, please share this with anyone and everyone who you know would benefit this. And hey, share it with people who, who, who you're not sure. Share it with people who would get triggered. If you know some people like feminists who would not like this, share it with them. Let's hear what they have to say. We're not worried about criticism. We're not worried. Share it with people who will hate us. We don't care. We want this to get out because we are here to speak the truth. The more people hating on us, the better. All good. So share it, embody it, live it. And yeah, we would love to hear more from you as well. What else, whatever you need us to speak more about, that's great. Give us some feedback. What's good? What's bad? What would you see change? Hey, this, this, is, this is episode fucking 16. We are not experts at this yet. We know what we're good at. We stay in our lane. So if anyone has any type of feedback on this podcast, let us know. We will humbly sit the fuck down, shut the fuck up, and take the feedback on board. And with that, this is Pierre de Sousa signing the fuck out.